This is 112 The Music Standards, what I like to consider to be one of my favorite podcasts. My name is Aiden Lee. And I'm Anders Liu. And we are your fine co-hosts for this fine podcast. We'd like to welcome you to our landmark episode, episode number two. And this episode is actually very special because we'd like to introduce our very first guest on the show, the extremely talented Nate Davis. Thank you so much for joining us, Nate. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, you guys may know Nate from playing guitar on Dayglow, or for one of his newer projects, Everett. And he just released an EP with Everett titled Walls, that you should definitely go listen to. Yeah, definitely go check that out. I really enjoyed it. It's super well done, and I don't think it has a single bad song on it. And then also, the intro song that you just heard is Take Your Time off of Walls. So, we'll get more into that later, but first, just some logistical stuff about the podcast. Listeners are now able to find this podcast on three different platforms, Acre FM, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, and we'd like to give a big shout out to Lily Rudolph for the cover art for this episode. Uh, I think it looks really cool. And uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to episode one. And just we took a look at some of the data from last week's episode. And it looks like 4% of our listeners are females in the age bracket of 60 to 150 years old. So it's a pretty, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool, Anders. So Nate, thanks again for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, just to open things up, what type of music and artists are you listening to right now? Um, I'm listening to a lot of Peach Pit. Their new album was really good. Yeah. Um, listening to a lot of Will Dorado as well. Um, they put out a new single called CFS like a little bit ago. Um, it's very solid. Very solid. What's your uh, favorite song on the on Peach Pit's new album? um oh man i like black licorice a lot yeah um, um i like uh i like second life with emily yeah that one's good too shampoo bottles is great as well yeah yeah those are probably my two favorites so um so just to get started like from the beginning can you talk about how you like got into music and some of your influences growing up yeah sure um so i s- started taking guitar lessons when I was in like sixth grade um so I was like 12 or so um and then growing up I had like a lot of different influences but most of it was just whatever my friends or family listened to I didn't really listen to a lot of like my own music um for a long time so um my mom had this little like iPod shuffle um and it used to have like some all-american rejects on there and then it had also like John Mayer and Michael Buble and just like a whole bunch of different stuff so um like until I started making my own music uh I kind of just listened to a little bit of everything nice and what's the music scene like in Texas I know you're from Austin Mm -hmm. um it's pretty cool it's it's uh I'd say it's different from some of the other like big music hubs because Austin prides itself on being like a music city like we call ourselves the music capital of the world and I don't know if I'd really agree with that statement. Like, I think there is a really thriving music scene here. Um, 
and it's a lot of fun but it's a lot of country music um a lot of blues um lots of uh it's growing as far as the indie scene goes for sure um like we're a lot different from you know like nashville yeah um or something like that Uh, but it's a really cool scene to be in um lots of young bands starting um kind of all around texas i know college station where a&m is um is actually starting to become a hub for indie music as well i have a bunch of friends that are starting bands there um so it's a really cool place to be right now yes that's really cool so um it seems like it seems like you kind of have like a lot of like pretty like different influences just like i guess like where you are and also like all the different music you've gotten to listen to so like how do you think you describe your own music to someone who has never heard it before um i would definitely say it's like indie pop genre you know is how i would classify it um but i think i take a lot of influence from a lot of different stuff and i try to put that into my music i try and like i i used to be really into folk and i would only listen to like the lumineers and mumford and sons um and so like i tried to throw in a lot of acoustic guitar and um you know, try and take some stuff from that. Um, But uh, I also take a lot from just a pretty big variety of bands. So it's kind of a conglomeration of all the music I like to listen to, like anywhere from Rainbow Kitten Surprise to like Slaughter Beach Dog to Mom Jeans. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot of different stuff that I try and replicate on my songs, but I think it's all unified by the like indie pop, bedroom pop genre. And then more specifically, when you released Walls, what was the kind of main theme or concept that you wanted your audience to take away from it? Um, I think the main theme uh, is just, oh man, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. They were just all songs that I was finally like really excited about and proud of um, to just show off to people. Um, Like I've always loved making music, but it's hard to get from the point of making it for myself to making it for other people, like crossing that bridge. Um, I feel like it was hard for me to do because uh, I had to make it good enough for other people to listen to it. Like in my mind, cause I could make a hundred songs for me, but you know, I don't know how many other people would like it. So it was kind of a weird transition of taking all the music that I'd created for the past few years and then narrowing it down to songs that I think other people would like. Um, and so I think that was one of the driving forces behind it was trying to put out content that was not only my favorite songs, but I could also see as being someone else's favorite songs. Um, was that, I mean, that was definitely like a driving force behind why I chose the songs that got on the album. Um, but I think another thing was all those songs hold, um, some significance as far as the lyrics go and the message behind this, uh, the songs. Um, there's not one unifying theme across all of them but they all hold like an important part of like who I am and growing up and things that I care about Um, and so I think that's more of like the concept behind it is each song being an actual important piece because I'd put out music before on SoundCloud but those songs don't mean anything they were just like random lyrics that I wrote Um, but I tried to be more intentional about these songs. Yeah, so um, so I took a look at some of like your blog posts on your website, and then um, I remember you writing about how like some of the songs on the EP were from college. So like, do you think that the main reason why you waited was just because you wanted it, you wanted to like make sure they were like good enough, like you said, or 
yeah yeah i'd say i'd say really i just wanted to make sure they were ready um there was like a certain point for each song in the process of mixing producing and recording where um as i was going i was making big changes big changes like re-recording this part or totally changing up this part and then it got to the point where i had about seven songs that i was happy with and then i was just starting to nitpick and like find really small things that i didn't like about them and i I was like driving around one day and i was listening through the album to like see if it was ready and it was i I like finished listening to it um and i was like i had this list of a bunch of like really small things that i was going to change and then i was like okay this is it like I'm going to change these small things and that's going to be it because I could keep on doing that like for forever. Yeah. Um, and never be- think the song's perfect. So um, I think that was the main reason why I waited until now to release it is because I just had to get to that point where I felt like they were good enough to go out into the world. Yeah. And looking at your website and listening to your music, what really stands out to me is how much care and effort you put into your work. Like you said, your songs, I think are mixed extremely well. And your website is like super well done and has a blog that you write about. How would you describe your creative process in making all of this? Um, I think it kind of varies song to song um, just because all the songs are just so like there's such a long gap of time between the oldest one and the newest one um, that my creative process has like changed as I go. But I don't really think there is one set creative process that I use. Um, Sometimes it'll just be a song that I write like just with me a guitar and then like a notebook and I'm writing down lyrics and then sometimes I'll make an entire song that's just instrumental and then I'll go over the top of that and write lyrics um, or I'll just sing random lyrics that pop into my head until I can pick out the certain lines that I like most and then figure out how to make those fit into something that's meaningful um, and impactful so I think it kind of really changes for everything um but one thing i definitely do know is i can only make something good if i'm feeling like i want to make something good like every day i try and do a little bit of music um or play a little bit of guitar do a little bit of mixing or something but if i'm actually going to make a song or really write lyrics is the most important thing i have to actually be like in the mood to want to do it i like i have to be in that headspace otherwise uh i just spend a lot of time making something that doesn't you know turn out to be any good. And then I'm also really curious, do you do your own artwork? Because your EP and your website have some pretty cool designs. Um, Yeah, I do. I uh, have never really considered myself like an artist as far as drawing and painting goes. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to be a musical artist, (laughs) but it's, uh, I I did just start doing the drawing stuff. Um, My girlfriend got like an iPad with Procreate and one of those Apple pens. And so I was just like doodling with a bunch of that stuff um, and trying to figure out what like types of colors I wanted to do and um, just the whole general um, idea uh, behind all the artwork. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I did, I like, I was the one who like created it, but there was definitely a lot of input from people. Like my dad had some ideas for the artwork and my girlfriend had some ideas and uh, kind of bounced it around between a few people until I settled on uh, the things I liked most. So like, how, so how do you think, um, like with uh, COVID and the pandemic, like do you think, how do you think that's affected your, like the way that you've been making music? So like, like do you think it's been like giving you more time or like also a bit like restricting? Um, 
it's definitely given more time to work on the creative side of things. Uh, I think it's different because uh, I'm a procrastinator. So when I'm busy, I definitely uh, don't do as much. So uh, I have all this time now, so I can feel like I can kind of work on music whenever, um, which is it, that suits me best for how I like to make music is just like whenever I have an idea, just sitting down and working on it right away. Um, so that has been really nice to have that aspect, but, uh, I do miss performing and stuff like that. You know, you just can't get more than 10 people together in a room at one time. So performing is kind of a weird thing now. Uh, I've done a couple live stream concerts, which has been fun. Um, but you know, there's something just missing when you do a live stream concert, you know, you don't have any of that interaction with the crowd, uh, which is the thing that I liked most about playing live shows. And then as an artist, which do you prefer? Do you like to collaborate with other people or just work on stuff on your own? Um, I don't really know if I like one more than the other. It kind of depends. Uh, for most of the songs, well, I don't know. For, for, I, yeah, for most of the songs on Walls, those were all um, just things that I had done, but I also had help on a few of the songs. And I really enjoy doing that, but I think it has to be a certain number of people uh, like I can't work with more than like two people um, or else I think it, it can be really easy to just get distracted. Um, I think most of the time I've tried working with a lot of people, like it's a ton of fun. I have a really good time doing it, but uh, I, we never really end up making something that like I'm really proud of uh, for the most part. And then also uh, I think it's just not as, uh, or it, it's really easy to procrastinate with a big group of people. Um, but like I made flip flopping on the album with Rococo Disco and I had a lot of help from uh, Sloan Struble, who's like the Dayglow. Um, he is Dayglow guy. Uh, he uh, helped me with a lot of the production on uh, Walls and Take Your Time. Um, so the other songs were me, but I definitely had some input from other people because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm like a very young artist, musician. So uh, it's really helpful to find people that are really talented and know what they're doing and get their input on songs. Yeah, so so like besides um like besides Sloan, do you think there's any other like current artists that you may want to collaborate with in the future? Oh yeah. Um there's a lot for sure. Uh I would obviously love to work with Peach Pit. I think that's not super likely, but I just think they kill it. They're super cool and obviously. Um yeah, the songs their songs are just so good. Um but there's a lot of bands I really like that I think I could collaborate with just because like they're my friends. Um, so like Neighbor Susan is a band out of College Station I really like. Um, I got a friend who does like this soft core punk rock band called Punty that's really fun. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch of people I'd love to collaborate with. Um, and as far as big names go, like the dream would be Dr. Dog. I think Dr. Dog makes like the best music in the world, but you know, that's stuff that's probably a long ways off. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently just started listening to Dr. Dog. I really like Word All the Time Co. Yeah. When I first heard it, it was an experience. Yeah, that, the, the, he, I mean, there's so many good albums. Like, they're, they're all so good. <laughs> also, um, what was your experience like being a touring musician? I know you traveled a lot with Dayglo. Can you explain what that process has been like for you? Yeah, um, so I, I was touring with them from, I guess it was like, Ooh, ooh, early 2019 until like just recently um or maybe late 2018 
but it was it was about a year um year and a half that i was touring with say glow and it was a learning experience for sure it was super super fun um but i think one of the most surprising things about being on tour with daigle was just how little uh of the tour revolves around playing shows like i think before i started um as a touring musician i just had in my mind that it was just going to be like playing music nonstop and you know we we're going to be on stage all the time which i mean i should have known was not the case because you know you're not on stage <laughs> for more than 30 minutes or an hour uh and so, so much of your time is just spent, you know, in the hotel room or in the van uh, traveling, uh, which was something I really liked. I mean, we got to explore a ton of cool places and meet a lot of really cool people. Uh, and then there were days, too, where we'd be in the van for 12 hours. And so we were all just like dead, just reading or sleeping or whatever we were doing. And then all of a sudden you had to be just like full energy, totally on for 30 minutes on stage and put on a good show. And then everybody was dead again. So it was this really weird um, experience of on and off and on and off, but definitely very cool. And I would love to do it again sometime. So how do you think like those experiences on tour um, kind of like uh, like shaped the formation of Everett and like also just like your music that you made like after that? I think I think being on tour, I just got to see how people create like it's different when you make music on stage versus in a studio for sure. Um, that's a different experience, but hearing how a band is supposed to work together is a really valuable experience to have when creating music in a studio because the whole goal, especially for like an artist like myself who just makes all the music alone, um, it can be hard to replicate the feeling of having five different people each playing an instrument and creating an album. Like if I could do that, that'd be so fun to make an album that was just a live recording because there's a certain energy and like people play off each other depending on what one person does. Everybody else changes what they do. And like that's something that was a really cool experience to have while on the road um, and like playing on stage with a band. So that was a really valuable thing to be able to see that firsthand like how a band interacts and then try and take that energy and put that into music and replicate that feeling in an album uh, is something that I tried to do uh, with Walls and I'm going to keep trying to do because it's just it's such a cool feeling to have and like trying to give a listener a taste of that um, is really the goal I think. Recently you said that you decided to leave Dayglo. what do you think influenced that decision? Um, there was definitely a lot that influenced it. Um, kind of at the end of the day, uh, Sloan, who is Daglo, he he just needed a guy who wanted to play guitar and just play guitar only. Um, and that was just never really my thing. Uh, I love playing guitar. I think it's a great instrument and I really enjoy it. But um, I've also really loved creating music and getting to play all the instruments and put them together. Um, and so I was kind of missing that while on the road. Um, and we were just on the road a lot. Uh, and I mean, it felt like a lot, but in comparison to tours that were, you know, going to come our way once COVID is over and everything, um, it wasn't even that much. So it, I was just going to be on the road more and more and get less and less time to really make my own music. Um, and so at the end of the day, um, I think that was, that was the biggest reason why, um, Sloan asked me to leave and I decided to step back. But uh, I do want to just make it clear that Sloan's a really good guy. Um, he was super, super kind about everything. And him and I are still great friends. Uh, 
So leaving Daigle was hard for sure. Um, but I think it was a decision that's going to be for the best in the long run. And uh, he was really kind about it all for sure. So um, I guess just to like start wrapping things up a bit. Um, so like, what do you think is next for you as a musician with Everett? And also um, are there any like new projects or like new singles or albums that you're starting to work on? Yeah. So there's a single that's going to come out in a couple months. Um, and it's an old song that I put out on SoundCloud that uh, I'm re-recording. Uh, I recently met up with my old guitar teacher who taught me in sixth grade and he's a producer now in LA and he like reached out and was like, Hey, I heard you're making music. And so we're working together now on uh, creating or just re-recording that single um, and putting it out into the world as it was meant to be in the first place. Um, so that should come out in a couple months. Um, besides that, nothing is for sure, but I'm just trying to enjoy all the freedom that I have during quarantine and just make as much music as possible. So um, I'm making a lot of new stuff that sounds different from Walls, but I still think holds that same, uh, the same energy, same feeling that I uh, tried to have with the original album. Um, but just a little bit different style. Um, I don't know if those songs will ever see the light of day, but if they do, it'll be fun. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much all in the works right now. Yeah, and also um, I saw on your blog like you that you said you were working on um, like a project called 8-Bit Wizard. Do you mm -hmm. talk about that a little? Yeah, um, so I'm actually, I'm not anymore. It was very quick uh, turnaround with 8-Bit Wizard. Uh, but he used to be drummer and then was also bassist for Dayglo. So we've been friends for a long time. Um, but he has a project called 8-Bit Wizard, um, which is a lot of great music. Um, he's really talented. And so I worked with him on just a few songs um, and then decided to leave um, the project. And we're still friends, but we disagreed on some pretty fundamental stuff. Um, and... Uh, I just felt like it was going to cause strife in the future and I didn't want to put anything between our friendship. Um, like I didn't want to put our professional yeah. relationship um, and have that harm our friendship um, without going into too much detail, but he is a great guy and Ape It Wizard is a great project. <laughs> Definitely worth checking out and listening to, but uh, yeah, that was pretty short lived experience. And then lastly, Nate, if you had any advice for people who are starting to make music or are newcomers in the music industry, what would that be? Um, I'd say probably two things. One, definitely just do things, whatever it is. If you like playing guitar, play a lot of guitar. Um, set out time for yourself to only play guitar. Um, if you like producing, watch YouTube videos and just do it. Like, I feel like it's really easy to kind of just get locked up in this feeling of not knowing how to do anything so you don't do anything. And that's where I was for a really long time. But there's so many resources out there that can teach you how to do stuff, how to produce, how to mix, how to play guitar, or piano or drums, whatever you want to do. And uh, just learning for yourself and then actually doing it is really the best way to get started. Um, it sounds weird like that sounds like bad advice to say, just do it. But I think that is really the thing that helped me most was I finally was like, I can't wait around for something to happen. I have to just actually try and make it happen myself. 
And then the other thing I would say is try and meet as many people as possible. Um, cause connections and knowing people is just such a super important thing in the music industry. Um, at least in my experience, once again, I, I'm, you know, very new to all this stuff. So <laughs> I don't, I don't really know a whole lot, but based on what I do know, uh, knowing people is really important. Um, and you can make a lot of connections and get a lot of good feedback, uh, from people that you do know, like it's been so helpful to know Sloan and know, uh, Paul who is Rococo Disco and all these different people that I've gotten to work with because they're just super experienced and, uh, having them as like my mentors for the music industry has been a really big blessing. Uh, and there's just a lot of love in the music industry, a lot of kind people. Um, and if you just reach out and try and connect, uh, I really doubt that you'd have any trouble doing that. Um, I think that's really something that's cool about the music industry that I forget about pretty often. Um, just that everybody's like, there's just so much like care and kindness in the music industry. I think it's easy to think of it like Hollywood as this super like cutthroat business, but I mean, even some big name artists, like they, they don't like live in a mansion somewhere. They just like, live in a little like one bedroom apartment they're like not a big deal and so just reaching out to them and saying what's up you know they're just people too i'm sure they'll respond and that connection could go a really long ways for sure perfect yeah i think that wraps up pretty much everything we wanted to say thank you so much again for joining us nate and i yeah, think um yeah do you have anything you want to tell the listeners maybe plug yourself a little bit <laughs> um yeah, I mean, check out Walls. I also made a uh, music video with one of my friends. Um, it's goofy. We use a lot of green screen, um, but it's fun. I liked it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, keep your eyes out for um, the new single coming out in a month or two. Um, I think it's going to be really good. Awesome. All right, this has been 112 The Music Standards. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. If you guys got this far... We love you. Yeah, we want to thank every single one of you for the overwhelming support on episode one and just this podcast in general. It's a, it's a project we're really excited about and we have a lot of interviews in the, in the books that we're excited to share with you. So definitely check out our Instagram at 112musicstandards. We also have a, a Gmail out also at 112musicstandards. And uh, don't be afraid to contact us about literally anything. Yeah, if you have any ideas for an episode or just any ideas in general, just hit us up and we'll be glad to listen. All right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. Protection.